Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hey, this is Annie, and welcome to Stuff One Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And yes, unfortunately, I am still by myself. But I think that's okay. I mean, I'm sad. I miss Samantha. But I think it's okay for this one because we have talked about Jurassic Park before on here. She's talked about it on the Daily Zeitgeist. (laughs) Uh, So I think she'll be fine with uh, not being present for this one as much as we'll miss her. She will be back. Uh, Do not worry. I, yeah, it's just a scheduling thing and an illness thing. Uh, But she will be back. So today, yes, we are talking about Jurassic Park. Um, we are talking about Dr. Ellie Sattler, who I wasn't going to necessarily do, but it just felt so fitting because it is the 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park. And I uh, we have been talking a lot about disaster movies lately. I think some of that is coming out after this, some of that before, but like a lot of content around it. And I, I was like, you know what? Just want to mark it off my list. Also, I have a really fun update about my cards that I mentioned, my Jurassic Park collectible cards that I had as a kid. Oh, it's fun. You want to stick around for the update. Okay, so I would say see our recent Women in Creature Features um, Deserves to Die, that whole idea. Women in Archaeology and Paleontology. I feel like there's something I'm forgetting. I talk about her a lot. She was an impactful character. I, I told the story in our um, archaeology, paleontology episode. I watched this movie when I was not supposed to as a kid. But I loved her. Uh, I dressed as her at Dragon Con the first time I went. She was one of my costumes. Um, and a lot of people were dressed as her this year uh, because it is the 30th anniversary And she came up, we had a pretty rousing me and my friends conversation about Jurassic Park and the newer Jurassic Parks and Michael Crichton. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Uh, But all right, that being said, let's get into it. 
Dr. Ellie Sattler, based on Michael Crichton's books, uh, the character in the books, um, who I learned in this conversation is pretty problematic, uh, was first introduced to a lot of us in the 1993 blockbuster hit Jurassic Park. She's played by Laura Dern. She is a paleobotanist invited to Jurassic Park along with her co-worker Alan Grant uh, by John Hammond, uh, who is looking to get some experts to sign off on the safety of having basically a theme park with genetically engineered dinosaurs. This is one of those things where I'm not sure how much I need to explain. But basically, this rich guy, Dr. John Hammond, has made this theme park with genetically engineered dinosaurs, and he wants uh, experts in the field to sign off on it so he can get the lawyers to back off. Okay, so at first, Ellie is in awe of the extinct plants she's seeing, of the dinosaurs, uh, but it quickly turns to concern And she voices her opinion that she believes that the whole thing is dangerous and that when it comes to the plants in particular, which is her area of expertise, uh, they were chosen because they looked good, even though they were deadly. Um, When they go on their tour of the park, she tries to get Alan to ride with kids. Um, Tim and Lex, who are Hammond's grandkids, I had such a crush on Tim when I was a kid, but Alan is able to escape them. And if you haven't seen the movie or you don't remember, Ellie and Alan get into a disagreement when the movie starts about kids because she really wants them, he really doesn't. It's never outright clear that they're in a relationship, even though Alan at one part says they are, but it could be he's just trying to scare off Dr. Ian Malcolm, played by Jeff Goldblum, who was flirting with her, uh, for sure. (laughs) So... As this tour goes on, they stumble upon a sick triceratops and Ellie cries happy tears and becomes determined to figure out why it's sick, going arm deep into a huge pile of dino sh- to analyze it without qualms. Tenacious, Ian says. And a lot of people point to the scene as like, oh, she's bad because it wasn't, it wasn't played as like, oh, this woman is doing this. How silly or how gross, or how improper. It was more like she was just doing her job. (laughs) And no one really thought that much of it other than tenacious, uh, very willing to get her hands dirty, as you might say. She elects to stay with the Triceratops, meaning she is not attacked by the T-Rex, the people who continue on the the tour are. Um, When she learns the others may be in danger after the dinosaurs escape, she volunteers to go with hunter Robert Muldoon to retrieve them, which ultimately results in them rescuing Ian and escaping a rampaging T-Rex. Once they escape, Ellie helps heal Ian and tries to convince Hammond that what matters is saving the ones they love, not the park. She once again volunteers to tread dangerous territory with Muldoon to turn the power on, Um, arguing with Hammond about sexism and survival situations when he says he's really the one that should be going. With the help of Muldoon and later Ian, she is able to sprint through a jungle while being hunted by raptors, turn on the power, and then escape said raptors when it turns out they are in the power station. One in particular. (laughs) A lot of people make mention of the fact she loses her pink overshirt during the scene. I never really thought anything of that, but huh, interesting. She reunites with Alan, and together they are all able to escape the park in the first movie. Um, I'm going to briefly go over her appearances in the other ones. I'm not nearly as familiar with that, but I have seen all of them. Um, Ellie 
briefly reappears in Jurassic Park 3 when it's revealed she married a man from the State Department and they have two kids together. A part of the reason she and Alan didn't work out is implied to be their disagreement about having kids and that he loves dinosaurs first. She had become a children's writer. I really don't remember that, but that's what I read. Um, She and Alan were still friends, however, and he stopped by Ellie's house regularly and knew her husband and kids. They knew him. Uh, She helped save Alan during the events of Jurassic Park 3. Basically, he calls her and is like, send everyone. (laughs) Um, She next appeared, cinematically at least, in Jurassic World Dominion, where we see her doing research on swarms of giant genetically engineered locusts eating crops. Uh, She discovers the big bad evil company is responsible and sets out to prove what they're doing. Joining up with Alan and Ian and later all the the new crew, uh, they're able to escape and they go to D.C. to testify about what they've learned. Ellie befriends both Maisie and Claire. And I didn't mention this in our recent Disaster, Women in Disaster movies episode where I did talk about Claire's character for a bit. There's the whole heel gate where she like wore heels while she was in the jungle and running from T-Rex. I feel like you all know about that and I didn't really need to talk about it. Plus it's kind of complicated because Bryce Dallas Howard said she wanted to hold on to that piece of femininity of Claire. And who am I to say? But there was kind of a smaller, (laughs) similar issue with this, with Ellie, where Laura Dern said she made the choice to not wear makeup in this movie as sort of a feminist choice. I think those are both sort of uh, murky, murky uh, issues that we've talked about in other episodes, but I did want to mention that. Okay, so I want to break down some stuff with this character. I do think the timing of this movie is interesting. Of a lot of the movies we've been talking about, it was sort of the 90s during third wave feminism. And she was... While there was a lot of flirting with her, with Dr. Ian Malcolm, a little bit with Alan in the first movie specifically, she's never quite the love interest. Um, She does her share of the rescuing. uh, Like she rescues Ian. She helps rescue Alan. And she has a few pretty choice lines. uh, Like, dinosaur eats man, woman inherits the earth. And then, as I said, we can discuss sexism and survival situations later. As I mentioned in that disaster, Women in Disaster Films episode, they are scientists, not action heroes. I remember being so impressed with her whole like scene turning on the power when she's like running from the raptor in the jungle. She gets in and she cries, but it doesn't feel weak. It feels like, which is how it's often portrayed. Don't I don't think crying is weak, but I, I feel like it's often portrayed as like, oh, this woman is crying. But it felt very much more like this release of she just done this dangerous, amazing thing and survived. And then escaping the raptor after that. And 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 speaking to that point, she does have moments of vulnerability and emotion. But it, it it's not, in my opinion, portrayed as weak. Um, and in fact, it, it's kind of portrayed as powerful at the point where she breaks down Hammond's kind of flimsy defense where he's talking about why he wanted to make this park, why he wanted it to be real. And she's like, no, we it was all an illusion. You bought into it. So did I. And now people are in danger because of it. And that ultimately is what convinces him to change his mind 
So I always liked that about her. She doesn't lose that piece of what's traditionally coded as feminine, but it feels powerful that she has those moments and that they feel genuine. Another thing is this whole conversation, the choice of having kids. Uh, Because she does ultimately decide to be sort of a stay-at-home mom, and her and Alan don't pursue a relationship because he doesn't want kids, but neither of them are demonized for her choices. And this was something that they had been open with since the first film. And I think that is key, going back to how what we talked about with Claire and the new Jurassic World and how she's sort of demonized for not wanting kids. Alan's not demonized for not wanting kids. She's not demonized for wanting kids. I, we could argue, like, if the positions had been swapped, who's to say? But it doesn't feel like she, like, was lesser in any way. Or he was lesser in any way. Um, and they were, they were pretty equal partners in this. That being said, she does end up with Alan later. And it sort of, it brought up a lot of conversations about the age gap between Sam Neill and Laura Dern, who... It's 20 years, and I think Laura Dern was 25 for the first one. So it feels not great that they're kind of ending up together. And yeah, there's been a lot of discussion about that and how a lot of what the new ones have done kind of feels like it's going backwards in terms of that. But um, that is a conversation people are having. rant for a sec please pay apps are way too public what happened some rando hearted a payment from five months ago and i realized people can see my entire history who i'm paying like full names it's super weird yeah it's weird how are you paying your friends then apple cash it's all in messages you can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends random people can't see it did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. Not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC.
I also wanted to do a brief mention of Lex, who is the young teenage girl, the vegetarian hacker in this, who does uh, save the day, ultimately. She uses her hacking skills to get them all out of there. She has a very brave moment where she saves her brother in that kitchen. That's the scariest scene to me. Um, I would say she's kind of portrayed as a bit of a joke. Uh, But she, between her and Tim, I feel like they're evenly balanced in who gets to do the saving, who gets to do the, like, knowledgeable thing. And ultimately, yeah, she does save the day. So I always liked that as a kid. Going back to the all the dinosaurs are women thing, so they can't breed in the wild. Uh, I did find a whole article about the the clever girl trope of when Muldoon is tracking these raptors and he's like the seasoned hunter. And they trick him and get him and kill him. That's also a disturbing scene. And he says, the last thing he says is clever girl, but they were talking about... The, the power of, of women coming together, working together, and, and getting stuff done. Also, I do want to say, you know, I don't know how realistic a lot. It's not really very realistic, but it was an example of women in STEM with Lex and Ellie, and a pretty pretty powerful one, a pretty solid one. I feel like as going back to what I said about Ellie when she digs into that mountain of. Shit, it's just, she just does it. She just does it because it's part of her job and no one questions it. And I'd never really noticed this before, but I do love that someone was like, Ian is the damsel in distress in this one in his famous pose where he's like kind of sexually laid out with his shirt open. <laughs> She's the one that saved him. While at the same time, Alan, who's the other main male character in this equation, is the one who's protecting the kids. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. But all of that being said, that brings us to the teaser I promised about the cards. So I collected these cards when I was a kid. And on the front, I did a very artistic glow-in-the-dark crayon illustration about how much I love Jurassic Park. This is all true. Um, But I, I, I found it and then I didn't really look into it. But my friend, when she visited, was like, let's read the back of these cards. And boy, am I glad she recommended that. Uh, So we're going to read it now. So here is the back of Ellie's card. Dr. Ellie Sattler is a paleobotanist, late 20s, athletic looking, ambitious and impatient. Dr. Sattler also has her domestic side, obviously in love with Grant, she wants to marry him and have children. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. Well, let us compare that with what it says in the back of Malcolm's card. Dr. Ian Malcolm is a mathematician, chaotician, and hipster dresser. All black clothes, sunglasses, snakeskin boots. Malcolm believes that the interaction of systems on Jurassic Park and the unknowns of bioengineering are too complex and therefore bound to fail. So much less settle down and get married. (laughs) And then here is Alan Grant, paleontologist, 30-ish, intensely focused on his work, less so on his appearance. This is Dr. Alan Grant. 
He's ragged looking and used to roughing it after long stretches in the desert digging up dinosaur bones. Grant doesn't like kids, which is a problem for his girlfriend slash partner, Dr. Ellie Sattler. <laughs> I could go on and on. There are some real gems in here. But I did think that was sort of, it didn't surprise me, but it was sort of annoying because here I am singing the, the praises of this character. And in the merchandise, she's still reduced to. <laughs> she wants to have kids and get married with this guy. And he is described as someone who's really into his work. And it doesn't matter how he looks. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But yes, <laughs> that is what I have to say about this for now. I'm sure I, I will come back and read some more of these cards because they really, there's some good ones in here. But all right, in the meantime... Please let us know if you have any suggestions. Like I said, I know that uh, you all have sent some in. There is a list. I'm just, because I'm by myself, I'm doing some of the ones that will be more contained and that I know a lot about. Um, but there, uh, I love these suggestions. So please keep those coming. You can email us at stuffyamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram or TikTok at Stuff I Never Told You. We have a tea public store and a book that you can order at stuffyoushouldreadbooks.com. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff on Never Told You is a production by iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.